0: Geographic Information Systems, or GIS, have been a part of the fabric of government for decades. Now, in an era of increased focus on the centralization of technology and information technology agencies across state and local government, a new day is here for GIS, and it could completely change how technology, data, mapping, and more function in government. This is GIS Address. episode of GIS Addressed a new podcast from the Scoop News Group podcast network. For the next 10 episodes, we'll dive into geographic information systems, how they work, why they're important, and in plain language, how they fit into government technology agency operations and initiatives as we know it. Our goal here is to take some of the more complex topics of GIS beyond just digital mapping and to make it understandable, accessible, and actionable for the average government audience. This podcast was created and has been organized in collaboration with the National States Geographic Information Council, commonly referred to us as NISGIC. So stay with us here as we dive into geographic information systems. Here on this first episode of GIS Address. On today's episode, to start off the GIS Address Series, we're going to be talking about the value of a geographic information officer, or GIO. Like we see in the state and local government technology arena with a CIO or chief information officer, a GIO is the designated point person for all things GIS in a state government. They're more than just a coordinator, but rather someone who has the defined, established authority to make decisions. Our guest today is someone who not only holds that authority, but who knows the process to get that authority established. Cy Smith is the geospatial information officer for the state of Oregon, he's a passport president for the National States Geographic Information Council, and has been Oregon's GIO for 18 years. Sy, thanks for being with us today.
1: You bet, Jake. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Sy, first things first. Today's episode is about the value of a GIO. Why don't you tell me about the value of a GIO and what you've learned in Oregon about that?
1: Most states, but I don't think all, have someone whose job it is to coordinate state GIS activities. Um, Maybe a dozen or fewer have sort of formalized that role and titled it as a State Geographic Information Officer. Some call it a State Geospatial Information Officer, State GIO for short. Um, in Oregon, I took that title for myself about 10 years ago when the state CIO, my boss, delegated authority to me for setting standards related to GIS software and geospatial data content and rules for geospatial data sharing, storage, access, et cetera. Um, listeners who know me won 't be surprised to hear that I took the title myself <laughs> um but uh it it was it was something that you know the state cio didn't just decide he was going to delegate this authority to me i i asked for it because i was doing a lot of this and then every time i turned around i had to go back to the state cio to my boss and say okay would you sign off on this and you know it ended up being a rubber stamp so it made sense from his perspective to just say these are decisions that you can make you're communicating with the community you know this this makes perfect sense for you to have this delegated authority and with that authority, then, I think that's what makes the difference between a state GIO and someone who's simply coordinating activities among the community. Um, a, a, a coordinator really is only relying on goodwill and maybe enlightened self-interest, things like that, to get things done. And a, coordinate, or a GIO has you know, more authority to do that. So I think that's the... The key difference, uh, the GIO is making decisions on behalf of the enterprise related to important geospatial issues. Um, In 2017, with the help from several key legislators and leaders representing all the geospatial stakeholders, we were able to get statutory authority for our state GIS Council and my position, the state GIO position, along with a mandate that all public bodies will share geospatial framework data with each other free of charge. Um, And maybe I'll just make just one more point about this, sort of an analogy. I've compared state GIS coordination to what has to happen to make an orchestra successful. It's not enough for everyone to have an instrument and know how to play it. They all also have to have an agreed-upon piece of music, a conductor to lead them from beginning to end, that's the state GIO, and every musician has to understand the objective of the entire orchestra and their role in achieving that objective for each piece of music. So that's, you know, if you think about it as an orchestra, it really is, you know, kind of similar to that. A lot of people playing a lot of different instruments. Uh, some have more skill than others, and you've got to have uh, some leadership, but you also have to have a structure that they all understand.
0: You talked a little bit about this, but tell us a little bit more about how this model works in Oregon. I mean, what, what are the positive and negative pieces of it? How would you advise other states on proceeding with the establishment of a role like this one?
1: I started here in 2000 in this same position. Um, so 18 years, I started in June of 2000 actually, so 18 years ago. Um, after 15 years, during which I avoided seeking statutory authority for the Council in my position, I finally became convinced that it was actually the only way to resolve the issues we'd struggled with for more than two decades since before I got here. They, they had been struggling with several issues they really can be boiled down to a lack of consistent data sharing among all levels of government. I mean, everything else that was causing problems uh, ultimately came back to that idea or that issue. So during those first 15 years, I also had the opportunity to present and teach in a number of other countries and hear about their issues, and data sharing was And it is pretty much the same worldwide, regardless of the form of government. If you have an authoritarian dictator who's in charge of your government and he tells you everybody's going to share data with each other, uh, which was the case with some of the folks in countries I talked to, they said, uh, yeah, but we don't do that." If, if we don 't want to share data, everybody finds a reason not to and so uh, it it just was striking to me you know the similarity in that in that um, that issue the The three primary reasons that you hear for not sharing data are privacy and confidentiality, risk and liability, and funding and the first two are Pretty easily solvable, but funding is really, you know, a difficult one. That's probably the key issue that really underlies all of the all of the data sharing issue, and the data sharing issue underlies a lot of other issues that we we run into. So, it it the the reason why we need to resolve that issue, and the reason why um, my position is important, and what we're doing here is important, is because almost everything government does relies on locational information. Almost everything uh, government does also involves multiple organizations. In fact, the key functions of government, public safety and emergency response, natural resource management, social service provision, and economic development rely on coordination between multiple organizations at all levels of government from national to local. The examples of that would be wildfire, uh, trying to prevent childhood trauma, habitat protection, permit streamlining to touch on one of, you know, each of those four things. That kind of coordinated action isn't built into the DNA of government. Government is organized in silos, as you know, as everybody that's listening to this knows, uh, and it's that way all over the world, and governing bodies push money down those silos to do tasks that are specific to each silo. The coordinated activity between the silos does happen, but it's not easy. The funding for those activities isn't usually budgeted, and the connections – that enable those, uh, that, that enable the work between the silos um, breaks down every time somebody on one end of the connection changes jobs or retires. The connections are essential and they have to be persistent. So they have to become part of the DNA of government. That means we have to create and maintain collaborative governance structures that support those cross-silo activities. Our GIS Council in Oregon is a collaborative governance body that has an equitable seat at the table for local and state agencies, has seats for federal, tribal, and regional governments, special districts, universities, and even citizens. All the members are appointed by the governor for a limited term, and the council chooses its own chair. My office and I support the council, and I'm a council member the council members other than me are all agency directors or other high-level executives who have full-time jobs. So it's really up to me and my staff to tee up issues and decisions for them to address, and then to do the operational work to implement the decisions they make around governance, funding, strategy, performance management, data sharing, standards, procurement, training, etc. Um, And I'd say that, you know, in order to To advocate for something like this, you really need a business case. We would built a business case um, years ago. It took a long time to get that business case socialized with the right people, but it really did, at the end of the day, it ended up making a difference between you know, where we were and where we've gotten to in the last two or three years. Um and, and we had to get that in front of the right legislators to be able to make the case. And that is really something that doesn't happen in a legislative hearing. Getting it in front of the right legislators happens, you know, with connections that you make outside of that uh of the typical legislative process. And then you get in a hearing and, you know, they want you to repeat what they've heard from you. But you gotta you gotta make those connections um outside of the of the uh, of the hearing room, that was a lot. Sorry. <laughs>
0: no, no. I think that you you hit on a, key, a few really key points, and and that is really building that business case, but also building the the community of people who can support that business case and, and help drive it forward. I think that sounds like really great advice for folks wanting to do similar work. When
1: we when we went into uh, hearings, then I mean that that's a good point you just made. When we went into hearings, I had to have you know a lot of agency directors and a lot of other people from local governments you know uh, county commissioners and others testifying you know on behalf of this legislation and all agreeing to it so writing the legislation together with the community of stakeholders was really critical um, but you've got to have you know people have to not just help write it they've actually got to come and say yes we helped and we agree with this we want this to happen So we want to be governed (laughs) by this process, and that's – that takes a lot of uh, a lot of collaborative work to get to that point.
0: Sure, we could talk more and more and more and about about this for for days, but but to wrap, <laughs> to wrap this up, tell me a little bit about how states should should try to band together to work on solidifying this role nationwide. You mentioned some stats at the beginning about about where we are in that space. Uh, how are groups like Nisjic kind of helping to make that happen?
1: Nisjic has um, and, and they work on, together on um, a lot of guidelines for states, and so. Uh, my my, I've benefited from that in my state. There are um, certain principles that NISJIC says, if you want to be a successful uh, state GIS coordinator or state GIO, if you want to have a successful governance structure, these are the kinds of things that you need to be able to do. And by having that group, um, publish that information on the web where I can get to it and I can show my leadership, you know, this is, this is what we're going after. These are sort of the performance metrics that we need to hit uh, in order to be successful uh, compared to, you know, our peers in other states. But beyond that, to be successful in terms of providing consistent government services to citizens statewide, not just in urban areas, but also in the rural communities, um, that um, – that that kind of work by Nistrick makes a big difference but then um beyond that i think um Nisjic also works pretty tirelessly, uh, and a lot of different folks do this, uh, working on committees and uh, advisory groups at the national level. Um, The National Geospatial Advisory Council is uh, one of the key ones, and they advise the Federal Geographic Data Committee. I'm on that committee now, representing NISJIC, and uh, Gar Clark, from my counterpart in New Mexico, is also on that group. And I think that group has the potential to really advocate for uh, the state GIO positions uh, and the state governance councils as part of a national governance structure. And that's what we're really trying to get to at NGAC and with FGDC. There is a governance structure now, but it's not as effective as it needs to be across the whole range of government, all the different levels. Um, So ultimately, hopefully we will be able to get there with that kind of work. And that's another role that NISTIC plays is to really support that that effort.
0: Fortunately for now, Cy, uh, I think that's all the time we have today on this first episode of GIS Addressed, powered by StateScope and Nizhik, but thank you for being with us. You bet. Thanks, Jake. So that's that. Today we covered the importance of having a geospatial information officer. Over the coming weeks and months, we're going to dive into other pieces of the GIS puzzle and how it all comes together in a way that makes government work better. Thanks again to our guest Oregon's GIO, Cy Smith, for being on the show today. And to our audience, come back next time. This is only the beginning for GIS Addressed. Thanks for listening.